Hey there, it's uh, episode 22 of the Connect You podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes. I'm Mark. Sorry, I just zoned out there for an absolute second. Where am I? What am I doing? Maybe you were having a lucid dream. We'll Ooh, talk about that. <laughs> so how are you? I'm okay. I'm good. okay. Today, is a, today uh, I've got coffee, so coffee is good. Yes, we have... I'm I'm anxious to hear a little bit about what we have here. We have croissant and uh, three three cups of coffee, like liquid. So, pretty cool. Yes. So we have. Um, so uh, before we get in, if you're new to the channel, uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Um, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell or your enemies spouses. doesn't matter. We're, we're <laughs> Torture open. Torture them. Yeah. yeah. Um. The second thing is mailbag. Mailbag is regrettably empty again this week. Okay. Uh, but I'm always hopeful. I mean, we get spam. I mean, it's a reading that. <laughs> Any Nigerian king? <laughs> yeah, no. It's mostly Google. Okay. Yeah. I have new search engine optimization. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So. Um, our Facebook uh, has got, uh, so usually I program it now so that it uh, will drop bits and pieces over sure. the course of today yeah. um you mean metaverse metaverse yes exactly <laughs> uh, but today uh i thought we'd do a little bit of coffee time uh okay last episode we did a chemex that's right uh, today we are doing uh these are two pour overs so we have two pour overs okay. both from uh the colombian which is a local local coffee shop that did not sponsor us but could always sponsor us <laughs> And the one on uh, your left yep. is uh, Ethiopian. It's a Berhatu Jibiko. All right. So it's one type. Hmm. So we're going to try it. And we also have is that a two pain au chocolat. Yes. From, are these from Starbucks? No, this is oh. all. <laughs> yeah. Also did not sponsor us. No, and in fact, they're warm. So, um. What mm. flavors do you, do you notice there? Anything? Well, it's very earthy. Mm -hmm. Do you taste that? I've got the, the notes that they officially say. I can definitely taste them. Uh, blueberry. Oh, yeah. On the back end, maybe. A little bit. Yeah. Raspberry. Mm. Yeah. That's that bitter... Almost uh, it's like a bittersweetness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then uh, jasmine, which is kind of a, uh, which is a tea, right? Mm. And I can definitely taste that. It's kind of underneath everything. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that, but I, I'm not, I'm doubt, I'm not doubting its presence. I'm doubting my ability to discern it. <laughs> well, I, I like jasmine tea, so I'm familiar with mm. it and I could see it's not an obvious taste. Yeah. That's good. Ethiopian. Very nice. Yeah, very nice. It's kind of an interesting color. It's kind of got some clarity to it, too. So that's one style. Both mm -hmm. of these are kind of a, more of a fruit, fruit-centric one. So okay. the second one we have is from Guatemala. That's from Gaia Co-op. And this one should have very different tastes. Okay. Wow, that is very different. I think I'm going to have a bite of croissant to cleanse my palate. Mm. Good idea. I'm sure for listeners, this is fascinating. Listening to us eat food and drink coffee. 
This is why we'll, eventually we're going to switch to video. I think. Mm. Oh, that's better. It's funny they say with uh, with wine. So with wine, use bread to sell wine and cheese to buy wine. Interesting. So bread tends to cleanse the palate. Mm-hmm. Um, and people like bread, all those carbs. And uh, so, what kind of flavors do you flip? This is a lot more subtle, this one. Yes. So the flavors they've got noted are walnut, apple, Ooh, and black apple, tea. Really? I'm getting the black tea. I'm not sure about the apple, though. Yeah, I get the black tea for sure. I, I can taste the walnut. Yeah, but I'm not getting apple. It's got some sort of fruit. What kind of apple? Well, exactly. It's a, a Fuji? Aha! No wonder. I don't like Fuji. <laughs> <clears throat> That's nice, though. Okay. Uh, so, um, I think this would be more of a multiple pot working coffee, whereas the Ethiopian is more of a morning kick-you-in-the-pants coffee. That's well, we I have have. more. Do you have a preference for which one? You can take one off. The other. Uh, are they different? Well, one is the Guatemalan one. Oh, I is... see. Oh, we have more. of. I, okay, I'll take. Which is this one? That is the Ethiopian. I'll take that on. Thank you. Okay. Cool. And as a contrast, I've brought a a, a flask of bun coffee here, sitting sitting on the truck stop uh, coffee machine for nine hours. Exactly. I don't think you'll find it a, a scamperous little overcooked brew. Oh. <laughs> I'm only kidding. Well, thanks for bringing the coffee, Mark. This is so great. It's a pour over. So this would have been. Or, uh, so they basically they grind the the beans and then they they infuse it with an initial kind of bloom and then they drip through it slowly. Wow! So very that's, tasty. That's uh, if you ever go for a pour over, that's what the difference is between kind of like a regular percolated bun thing. Yeah, where <clears throat> all the water comes through all at once, varying temperature. This would be very temperature controlled and added in a controlled way so sure there you go as we munch on our mm. on our warm pastries okay um two new things what two new things did you learn this week uh, i just snorfled you so i learned two things one is um sony uh, in 2018 dropped a camera that was a little bit revolutionary so all these every generation well, the cycles seem to go quicker and quicker. There's a camera that comes out that is quite earth changing okay. as far as the field is concerned. In in the mid 2000s, it was uh, the Canon 5D Mark II. It was this little camera that could record video, um, like a DSLR that could record video, did really, yep. and was like a workhorse for a long time. It was small enough and cheap enough that. Uh, um, companies like movie companies were using the uh, the camera in disposable locations. So they oh, wow. Basically, so if they're running over it or something like that, they, they would put a camera there. It would record stuff, and they didn't care if it didn't survive because mm. it was cheap enough. Um, uh, in 2018, Sony kind of did the same thing. It, re it revolutionized with this camera called the A7 Mark III, and um, it kind of... They stuffed all kinds of new tech in that was 
they called it their basic model, but it was far in advance of everything else that was around at the time. And since then, most of the other manufacturers have kind of caught up. Mm -hmm. And now they've just released last week the Sony A7 Mark IV, mm. which again is pushing all the bounds pretty hard at a price point that's quite economical. So these are full frame mirrorless cameras that are just, uh, they're just amazing. Mm. They kind of like everything you could possibly want in a camera and they've shoved it in a camera. Wow. So it's, um, it's quite interesting. Does it have talent shoved into it then? No. Okay. <laughs> so it doesn't have everything I'd want. No. um so that's one thing the other thing i learned is why um why you can eat steak medium rare but you can't eat chicken medium rare Mm. so um because it'll kill you (laughs) so with steak uh any of the bacterias that uh, will tend to show up in in food um tend to stay on the surface so if you have like a steak you're not going to get those bacteria inside this, the, the meat itself. Oh, interesting. So you need to make sure that the surface is well cooked. Okay, But the sure. interior can be at a much lower amount. Of oh, cooking. wow. Interesting. Um, chicken, however, tends to metabolize the bacteria and you can actually ah. get it inside. So you need to have it all the way cooked. Cooked all the, all way, the way through, through kind of thing. Yeah. Now, yeah. pork mm-hmm. is interesting because there was only one type of bacteria uh, well, it wasn't even a bacteria, I believe it was a parasite and it would get all the way through. It's called trichinosis, trichinosis, mm-hmm. I'm probably spelling, pronouncing it wrong. And, uh, it, um, but its incidence has gone to such minor amounts that it is pretty safe, especially if you have like a chop or something like that, a whole oh, yeah. piece of meat. Yeah. Um, if you cook it medium rare, you're fine. Um, it, and really it's the same thing as beef. You have to make sure that the surface is adequately cooked. Hmm. The interior meat now, uh, for ground beef, pork, or, um, chicken, again, those are all kind of, um, the surface is now intermingled right. with the interior. Sure. So all of those have to be cooked. So that makes sense. Yeah. I was yeah. going to ask you about that. So yeah, the pork thing, I wonder if there, there's some, cause obviously there's some cultures that, you know, pork has been kind of excluded from uh going back like a long time so i wonder if there's something related to that trichinosis that maybe in past times people were like oh this is killing us so let's say there's some mystical reason we shouldn't eat it well i'm sure that that probably there's probably some link to that um that would be a great thing for us to find out Mm -hmm. for for a later show i'm going to look into that (laughs) But today we're talking about dreams. And um, my dream is for a moment in time when Jeff's face is not full of pale <laughs> chocolate. <laughs> Sorry, everyone talking about dreams, but but I learned two things too. Oh, right. Sorry, yeah. I skipped ahead. Uh, the first thing I learned is that Albert Einstein did not necessarily believe in black holes, even though his equations predicted them. So he's famously sort of said, ah, just because the math says there's going to be stuff doesn't necessarily mean it'll it will come true. But 
turns well, out he was right. And didn't he, didn't he, th- I, I, I seem to recall hearing this and there was something along the lines that he didn't believe it so much that he came up with a test that he thought would prove that black holes didn't exist. Oh, I didn't hear about that. But um, uh, it took like 40 years before they could actually do the test. Yeah. And when they did the test, it, it proved black it holes. It proved that it, black. so, so he actually proved was... the test that disproved his belief. His, his hypothesis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, he also wasn't too cool, keen on, uh, uh, elements of, uh, Doing like quantum, quantum stuff, no. right? Spooky action at a distance. So I learned that. Yeah. Um, God does not play with that's death. right. That's right. And then I learned, uh, a really cool marketing thing. So I mentioned this, I was reading this book by a guy named Russell Bronson. Okay. And you know, you and I've been in business a long time and I've been a consultant and there's so much stuff. This was a very concise message about marketing. And he basically said, when you really think about it, marketing is about one of three things. People want one of three things, health, wealth, or relationships. And then he goes down to, to break it, break it down. Cause you know, he's like, ah, people said that's not true. But in the book, he takes all these different ad campaigns, the ones that are effective and right. invariably he's absolutely right. So he uses an example of, uh, and then how you can basically starting from that branch off. So he gives the example of, uh, health, right? So a sub branch of health would be weight loss, right? And right. then weight loss, you can, you can, do through either pill or an exercise program or so he he does sort of this kind of branching off of different services, but you can always reverse it back to one of those three things that really humans mostly care about health, wealth, or relationships. He also talks about how if your product or service kind of provides more than one, your marketing should only pick one that if you try to say, Hey, it's good for your ball, you know, wallet and your waistline, that confuses people's brains and it's not as effective. So yeah, you pick one and you're really key in on that, that one area. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Uh, especially the part where you only pick one. Yeah. Cause again, as marketers and, I think and just, business people, great brand confusion. Yeah. But it's kind of our tendency to want to be like, you know, cause what they say, sell the benefits, right? So you list them all that you can think of and it's yeah. people will like you and you're going to be richer. And, but you no, know, the research seems to indicate, that messes with people's cognitive ability and just pick one, you know? That's interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. That's very cool. So we're going to talk about dreams. Dream a little dream. Yeah. So I don't know why I picked dreams last week. I was like, were you dreaming? <laughs> felt under the gun. <laughs> but, uh, but since then, oh, we'll do dreams. Um, so I did a little bit of looking into it and, and not a lot because, <laughs> it is such a deep subject, but what I thought was fascinating, a couple of facets, a number one, I don't know about you, but I, there's about a half a dozen dreams that I've had somewhere over my life that I can still to this day, remember with absolute clarity. So I, uh, I have to tell you something about dreams. Just, just as a bit of context, okay. I have the weirdest dreams. Do you? Yes. And my dreams are and what makes them weird uh-huh. is they're not about anything strange. They okay. are about me going shopping at Savon or right. me, you know, walking the dog or yep. it's just, it's, they're, they're not, you know, they, they're not these fantastical 
there are rarely are these these fantastical dreams they mm -hmm. are almost always incredibly pedantic mundane yeah and mu yeah. mundane and like yeah it's yeah so maybe maybe i'm living in the dream world well maybe <laughs> uh well so the research that i did find on that and what i think is kind of cool is like there's so many other things in our life there's the the academic view of it which yep. admittedly they don't really understand it's another one of these things like gravity or consciousness where it's like we're studying this but we really don't know dreams are in that sense. so then you've got the, the let's say the more esoteric folk right and who's to say that they're wrong but even on the academic side they were talking about how basically there's two categories of dreams there's these and we we all have both of them there's these kind of yeah uh pedantic. pedestrian you dream about yeah, whatever maybe pedestrian right? is better than pedantic uh, and apparently that's the brain just processing information from like the day right so you saw a dog and then you dream about a dog and that's your your mind creating memories and then they talk about these deep dreams, which are more of these narrative dreams, right. which most of us don't remember. Although there's a technique where if you put a, a notepad by the side of your bed and every night before you go to sleep, you, you, you kind of program yourself. You say, I'm going to, I'm going to remember a dream. And then if you wake up in the middle of the night, as we all do, you write down like the first thing that you remember. And apparently if you start to do that, you, you become more attuned, more attuned, more in practice. Right? So these are what they call deep dreams. And a guy that I was watching being interviewed, uh, I can't remember his name now, but was saying he did that for three years. And when he went back and looked at it, there was actually kind of like a cohesive narrative to these deep really? dreams. Yeah. Um, and then there's these dreams that I think go even beyond that. Now we move away from the scientific where people talk about like a sort of a clairvoyance appearance of somebody Spirit. died and, and someone comes and, 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 and talks to them. Yep, yep. And I haven't had one of those. Although just last week, uh -oh. <laughs> I had a dream. I was telling my wife about this where I've often talked about family origin stuff and I hope nobody in my family hears this, but <laughs> well, we're only broadcasting it to the universe. Exactly. But I had this dream where it almost felt like it was not me. So I've heard, a theory that sometimes the universe, if you believe in metaphysical stuff, sometimes the universe will show you things that are somebody else's memory, but they're yeah. useful for you. you so I was test drive somebody else's. I, I test somebody. So here's the dream. I was walking down the street with someone and I can't remember details of that person. And I said to them, Oh, we're going to see my, uh, my adopted adoptive parent. Right. Which is crazy. Cause I don't have an adoptive parent. And I was almost sort of aware that I was dreaming, but not, so it wasn't fully a lucid dream, but I had this inkling of, well, this is weird. Like I don't have an adoptive parent. And we turned a corner and there was this older lady, older, maybe in her late sixties. And I did not recognize this person, but clearly she recognized you. me. Okay. And like I said to my wife, she, the look, I've never felt that before. It was just this overwhelming love acceptance pleased to see you almost like you hear people sometimes will have near-death experiences and they, mm -hmm. they claim to go to the other side and then they say i just felt this amazing love you know unconditional right, yeah. love and i woke up and i was like what was that don't know who this person was but i really came away with it i can still feel it now if i think about the feeling it's almost like i'm carrying it with me which is what got me thinking about 
this half or so dozen dreams that I've had in my life that I can replay like clearly. And some of them are nonsensical and some of them are more open-ended. Well, but I just find that fascinating because like 90%, 99% of the dreams, even if you remember them the next day, yeah, a few days later, they're gone. But I've got a number that are crystal clear. I'm just kind of wondering from our thousands of listeners uh, if that's a common experience, these memorable dreams that I know I had a couple when I was like a kid and yet I can remember the dream as mundane as it was from start to finish. And it's just like so deeply imprinted and they tend to be really vivid um, and really clear and kind of focused on one or two things. Like I remember I have a dream sitting in the back of a pickup truck and falling out of the back of this pickup truck and floating down to the ground and the pickup truck going over me and I'm seeing the, uh, the axle spin and that's it. That's the dream. But I remember that dream from start to finish with like absolute vivid clarity. That's probably Uh 35 years ago. Like why, why would I remember that? What? Oh, that's know, interesting. It's wild stuff, man. Well, it's, um, and I've never fallen out of a pickup truck, so it's not a, <laughs> it's, it's not a repressed memory, at least as far at as least I know. not that you know. Yeah, exactly. As a child, he was dropped. Um, well, that's going to be, well, I think that'll lead in really well to, uh, what I was hoping we would talk about next week, Ooh. which will be, um, lie detectors, polygraphs, and how we make memories. Wow. That so um, I took a course a really long time ago, so I'm going to brush up on it a little bit. But it was, uh, for me, it's like your memories. So as you you remember it vividly, I remember that that course so vividly, even really? though it was... Was it a dream? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Went and found your notes, eh? <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, but it was in 1991, 1991-92, so it was a long time ago. That there is was a an RCMP officer that was giving a talk about it, and uh, I will, uh, I will go into it in a bit more detail. But it has some interest because I remember it as vividly as you're describing remembering your wow. dreams, and I do not remember my dreams. I don't really have any like that, like you're describing. I'm kind of jealous, but uh, it's kind of that's kind of cool. So anyway. Yeah. There you go. Let's carry All on. Right. Um, yeah, we're doing good for time. Uh, media. What kind media. of media? <clears throat> well, I've been reading this book. So I already talked about that. Russell Brunson. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, you know, I, I'm, I think I finished season one of The Expanse. Yeah. Two days ago. So oh, I'm, congratulations. I'm at the end of season one. It's you know what? A while. It gets better even. Really? Yeah. yeah it uh, seems like, uh, where are they going to go? They got nowhere to go. They got lots to go. That's awesome. And I've been revisiting Star Trek Enterprise oh, because. Okay. Now, is well, that the one of, with, uh, with Bakula? Or? Yeah. 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 Because um, I remember watching the first couple seasons when it was being broadcast way back in the day before streaming. <laughs> Um, and then kind of losing interest. And right now we're sort of in a bit of a Star Trek lull, right? Like Prodigy hasn't started. And I think uh, Discovery starts on November 19th. Yeah, and, pretty quick. But, and I won't get through the whole five seasons, but it's that one series, kind of like I did with DS9, where I was like, I, I, I went liked, back and rewatched like, the whole thing. I liked Enterprise. I particularly I'm really liked, enjoying I liked, uh, <laughs> was it T'Pol? Yes, T'Pol. Yeah, I thought she was uh, she was really good. And the Andorian uh, Shran, played by Michael Coombs, who uh, Jeffrey Coombs, pardon Jeffrey me. Coombs. Yeah, and I like him too. So, 
So, uh, so yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So it's all sort of Star Trekky stuff, but the expanse. Yep. One episode at a time. Going to start season two. Uh, maybe tonight. We'll see. Well, they, they're the sixth season drops in December. Wow. Is that the last season then? That will be the last season. There's nine books. And the thing about the expanse is that it generally follows the books. Right. Um, although, um, with, Season one, it kind of grabs some from the second book and mm. some from the first book. Well, it's book. a TV. And you have to adapt it. So It was a well-done adaptation. Um, it's really interesting to read the books because it tracks reasonably well. Mm. Right. And um, But you get a bit more insight into some of the motivations of some of the characters. Cool. The, I mean, this is, I guess, the advantage of having the screenwriters be the actual authors. Right, right. But anyway, um, that's fascinating. Anything else? Nope. Well, I went and saw 007. Right. James No Bond. Time to Die. No Time to Die. That is... And? And, uh, well, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Although I would say that uh, Daniel Craig with this final outing is has, I think, in my mind, cemented himself as the best Bond. Ooh. Now, before that, that I would have... That's a pretty bold statement. Well, before that, I would have said Sean Connery. And I've always loved Sean Connery because he had a, this aggressive, <clears throat> this kind of... Uh, right. Mean kind of... <laughs> Perhaps misogynistic, one could say. Well, that's the thing. Because... Uh, you watch those movies now and it's like, oh boy. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> so, when you watch those movies and you go back and... Uh, there are moments that are just cringy. Now it's really interesting just to see kind of the world of bond at that point in time. Sure. What's the one where he pretended to be Asian? That's another doozy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that you only live twice. Oh, it could or, be. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Number. We have all of them on, on DVD. My, yeah. my wife bought me that 50th anniversary and we're watching them. I remember that one. And it's like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's like uh, it's like the Peter Sellers one with the party, right? With Bertie. Right. Nando's yes. Like but it's doing. a great movie. It's a funny, funny movie. If you can put it in its it, context, it, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, requires a solid disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah. Because All right, you, kids, you play, don't, don't do this. Don't do this. Uh, Peter Sellers is playing an Indian fellow and uh, in a ver as stereotypical form as possible. And it is not. Yes. Yeah, it is funny. But it is not politically correct no. by any stretch. But see, I think I think there's still some value to that if you again put it in its context, right? right. If you're just laughing at it like if it was brand new, probably not cool. But if you're understanding that this is what it was like in in because that movie is in '64, '65, something like that. Um, so I don't think these things should be banned and kind of expunged, but I think they should be definitely framed you know without uh, apology say this is a piece of media from a long time ago and this is what we used this is used to this be acceptable way, this is way right? it was. well it was acceptable be, by a certain segment well of by the people who were making it yeah right yeah uh we didn't really get the opinion of the people who were represented back then <laughs> exactly. uh and that's part of the whole narrative right it's like, exactly nah, what do we care people don't see movies so, uh, so I would say, so Daniel Craig for two reasons. I actually think that Daniel Craig has created a very solid narrative arc, ties off a lot of loose ends with this particular 
um, episode, there's some aspects of this uh, outing that are similar to uh, one often forgotten version of James Bond with um, uh, George Lazenby. Oh, yes. Uh, on Her Majesty's, Majesty's Secret, Secret Service. Service. Which I think is one of the better books. I really enjoyed that movie, it was actually. A good, it was a good book as well. Yeah. And uh, Diana Rigg, yeah. who was uh, and, and Mrs. Peel. Did you get married? Yeah, they did. They That's did. right. And uh, so so there's aspects. Without giving anything away. Without giving any way, away, there's some significant uh experiences that go on in this one that are similar to how divergent that okay. one was from the other one. Yeah. Um, it's, I think a little long, which, it, but in a good way. Um, and, um, I think Daniel Craig by far is the best actor of the group. Like he's probably not, he's not the prettiest for sure. No, no. Right. Like, you know, Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore were probably prettier. Or That's right. well, definitely more right? handsome yeah. in the classic way. Yeah. Um, but Timothy Dalton's a pretty solid actor. He was a solid actor. Yeah. I still think Daniel Craig is uh, better. Yeah. Is if you look better. at some of his other work, right. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. And, uh, so I think Daniel Craig kind of solidified especially with this outing and i'm uh i'm very excited it, to see it. it's worth it and you know it's funny because we went to the theater which for us was the first time we've gone in probably 20 months 22 right months, and yeah. we we're a little nervous but you're quite far away from everybody else yeah you're sitting in a place where people are not eating and not or if they're eating they're eating popcorn but they're not we all know popcorn kills covid so. they're not talking you can take that they're to general the not talking um so it, it yeah it's a pretty and it's a big space so yeah. i'm not sure how long these theaters can survive with such few so, uh, so few patronage i know right i shot sean she and i think there was like 12 people in the theater there was maybe first 20 well like, we were man. second week but still. yeah yeah um well that's good how's remy malik in it you know uh Good, but a little underwhelming. Really, eh? there are way better villains out there. Huh? Interesting. You know, and uh, he's good. He presents. It's very classic Bond villain kind of sure. thing, and they're always doing classic Bond villain stuff, which is what people want, right? Yeah. So the uh, so I came out of there going like, did I like this or not? <laughs> there were parts that I really liked. The the ending is. A little interesting, okay, and uh, unexpected, and um, but uh, but I is mean, it all a dream? <laughs> no, but although you know they keep having new bonds. And so it's uh, Sean Connery, and he's like, "Well, that was very weird." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shucks, money penny. Yeah. Um, I also saw. I, I'm so digging the foundation, even though it's. I have no idea where this thing is going. It is okay. all over the map, but it is interesting. It is gorgeous. It is a, a world building on cool. a, on a on a level that's very bizarre. So every time, every Friday comes out, I I, I rush to watch it. Would so. it be uh, attractive to let's say a twelve year old? Do you think, or is it too cerebral? It's more. It it's a bit more cerebral. There are definitely periods where are it's a bit too talky okay. for a 12 year old um it's gorgeous though like it's it's it is incredibly uh the cinematography and the set design and all that stuff oh is wow, like, cool i i may check it out uh and uh, i saw black widow 
Oh yes, right. So it's now a f- a f- available on D- Disney Plus. Yep. Without having to pay extra money for yeah, it. Yeah, we bought it when it came out because we're Marvel sucks, but it was okay. I I enjoyed it. There is this part in it. the movie at the very end where there's kind of like there's like this big gap. I have no idea what happened. I don't know what happened. Okay. So it's like the very that. end. She they they you know the whole everything is all happened. Right, and right, then, right. And then she, she get. I, mean, I don't want to give away a spoiler. Oh, well, but, there, but there's, the, there's a whole bunch of deleted scenes. Oh, maybe right? maybe you, that's the like thing. Like if you go onto YouTube and alternate endings, and so that that seems to often because there's happen this huge where it's like, I'm going to use this one, and you're like, well, what? Well, because there is yeah. this uh, unexplained where she leaves off, and then it kind of starts up again with this little segment at the very end. Yeah. And yep. it, when and you know it kind of leads into all the Avengers stuff, right? And there's kind of like, well, what happened in between there? Yeah. Like, how did she get from where yeah. she was to the next spot? There's right. like this big leap, and I'm going like, I must have missed something. Maybe it's in one of the other movies. I, I don't know. There was like Could this be, big yeah. leap. So anyway, I I enjoyed, and I think the uh, stepsister characters is a lot of fun. Well, that's a spoiler, though. And uh, <laughs> well, no, it's clearly indicated in the in the in the stuff that it's yeah, isn't it? It starts off as sister, and then identifying as being a step. Oh well, there you go. I've blown it now. We'll have to edit that out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Anyways, I liked it. It's a good movie. It's no uh, Citizen Kane, granted, but Rosebud. <laughs> ah, good one. All right. Well, there you go. So what are we talking about? We said we're going to talk about lie detectors. Polygraphs. Polygraphs. And how you make memories. How you make memories. Very fundamental. Those two are inextricably linked. Interesting. In a way that is not obvious. Wow. I look forward to finding so, out more. Uh, and yeah. I learned about this, like I said, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so burned into my brain because it is was such a profound moment and um anyway uh it was interesting and it's it also tells you how you lie how you lie yeah Ooh. so those are all yeah all that'll be a good one so anyway that's uh so i'll do a little bit of making sure my information is a little more current than 30 years ago but <laughs> but it was really good so Google. um anything else i think that's it. now that we're good so send mail Send mail. Uh, subscribe. Yeah, we accept carrier pigeons. That's too. right. Exactly. Uh, we also take cash if you're looking for our <laughs> pre-Patreon page uh, donations. We'll, exactly. we'll take them. <laughs> exactly. 22 episodes. We're doing 22 really well. episodes. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next week, man. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye.